Hamilton Tiger Cats fans. You're not done here, Ticats. We have the Ticats info you need on their road to Regina. Here on the Ticats Audio Network. This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Ticats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy this week, and it's a familiar one at that. This, that being the Ottawa Red Blacks as the Ticats wrap up their regular season. To discuss that, we bring in Jeff Avery, who's a Red Blacks insider on TSN 1200. And uh, uh, Jeff, I'm sure you're like me and was maybe hoping this game meant a little bit more, but uh, how are the Red Blacks approaching this one? Well, I think, I honestly think they're approaching it as they have approached all the games. Um, you know, obviously a different scenario, if you will, from the Hamilton perspective, because Hamilton has something to play for beyond this weekend, whereas Ottawa doesn't. But Ottawa is looking at it as an opportunity to get a win. And, and in all honesty, a win at home would be something that is sorely needed from both a fan perspective, a business perspective, and I think a team morale perspective as well. So they are, I think, approaching it as that. They're going to put their best foot forward in the field, but they are making a key change in one of the key positions. And, of course, that's a quarterback where they want to get a look at Caleb Evans and possibly Tyree Adams just to have a look at them, considering they got got decisions to make next year. Who will be backing up Jeremiah Masoli? Yeah, Nick Arbuckle demoted to third on the depth chart. I mean, we've seen what Evans can do. I mean, he, he punches that football in consistently, setting the record for rushing touchdowns. I, I'm sure he, he appreciates the record. I'm sure he'd like a few more wins. But for, for you, what have you seen from, from him? And is he ready to take the next step? Well, that, I think that's the big question. And in all honesty, if, if the next step is assuming a starting role, no, I don't think he's quite ready for that. I still see him uh, trying to put the ball at times where it shouldn't be placed, uh, trying to put it into two smaller windows. Uh, he does have the ability to create some great uh, you know, yardage, first down opportunities with his feet. Uh, so it's an opportunity, I think, that uh, I think he'll enjoy because it gives him the, the chance to actually – you know, run a run an offense, not just short yardage, as you were talking about with all, with all the touchdowns he's had. So, yeah, I, I just don't think he's quite ready to assume that starting role, but you want him to have progressed enough to maybe that he can secure that backup role, because I do think he has a bright future. I think he just needs time and needs time on the field running this Red Blacks offense. Now, I mean, he did play, he did start five games after Masoli went down. How, what do you think he took from those those games? He did pick up a win in one of them, but what do you think he picked up? What do you think he was maybe told? And I guess it doesn't really apply if he's got a new head coach, but uh, how has he changed, do you think, uh, in, in that five-game span since that, uh, since that little run he went on? Yeah, you know, it was a difficult uh, time because even on, even with Jeremiah at quarterback, the the offensive line was a group that was just put together. Now they were a veteran group, but they were a, really a brand new set up front, and so they were still working on their cohesiveness, their communication. So the offensive line play in the first half of the season was not near as good as it was in the second half of the season, and so I think uh, Caleb was. I don't even want to use the word forced, but situations were created where he took to the running capabilities that he has rather than, you know, being able to stay in the pocket a little bit longer, which Nick Arbuckle had the benefit of doing when he stepped in and replaced uh, Caleb. So, you know, I, I'm sure in talking to him, they're talking about, you know, game, the, the uh, actual management of the game. They're talking to him about 
you know, go through your reads. And that was a big improvement when we had Nick Arbuckle step in. Nick does a great job of going through his reads, whereas Caleb had a tendency of looking to the first guy, not always getting to the second. And if he did get to the second, definitely not the third. Hmm. And so it's it's a, a matter of having the confidence in the protection you have in front of you, being able to go through your reads, because that's quite often where the completions occur, not the first read, second or third, when you find the open man. Uh, looking at this Red Blacks team, there were some bright spots, and one of them was a, a couple of former Ticats, I should say. Uh, Jalen Acklin, can you just give us a status on him? I haven't seen the depth chart, I'm not going to lie. Jalen Acklin, is he going to play this week? No, he's not. Ah, that, I mean, what, what a season he had. Uh, I know a lot of Ticats fans were, were impressed with what he did last season. Um, but, I mean, Jalen Acklin, is he a receiver that uh, whoever is at the helm there think they can maybe build an offense around? I think he's outstanding. I think Jalen does so many good things. Uh, you know, he runs good routes. He catches the ball extremely well. I love his aggressiveness to the ball. He goes after the ball, irrelevant of the situation. Um, he's just, a, a, I think, a complete receiver, and his numbers show that. Yeah. And yeah. He, had some, he had some less than stellar games and still had tremendous numbers where they just weren't able to get the ball to him. So I, I think he's just a huge part of this offense going forward. And unfortunately, both last week and this week, he did start practicing earlier in the week, but as the week went on, you get the helmets on. He just started to have some recurring issues with the, from the hits he took down in Montreal to the head. So just better to be safe than sorry. You want a healthy, really competitive, but we do have Jalen Acklin next year. Well, the thing about those Ottawa teams that found success in recent years, a lot of that success was around superb receiving. Was it not? Well, a combination of receiving and quarterback play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously Trevor Harris, when he was here with, you know, Brad Sinopoli, with uh, uh, Ellingson, you know, they were just yeah. a great group and worked so well together. And I think it just, I think, I think Jeremiah Masoli can be every bit the quarterback, if not even better, because I think he's just got a little bit more veteran savvy than Trevor Harris has. And I think you can put a pretty good receiving core around him and you'll have tremendous success. And Jalen Acklin is going to be a huge part of that. And they've got, you know, they really, they have several really good receivers to choose from as they build this team for next year. So Sean Burke has his work cut out for him as the GMs do every year in the CFL with the number one year contracts that are out there to build this group up again for another run, a better run, obviously, hopefully in 2023. Uh, we're hoping to see Lorenzo Malden uh, in the in the action in action uh, on Saturdays. Listed as a game time decision, as I do pull up my depth chart here, uh, was quite you know questionable on the injury report. Game time decision. Uh, I had AJ on last week. He made the argument that he thinks this was the best defensive season he's seen from an Ottawa Redblack in its recent history. Uh, is something you agree with? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I think I, the best season I've seen from an Ottawa Red Blacks and I go back to the Renegades days you know it, it, he was as a defensive end he has been just outstanding and most people when they think of a defensive end they think about pressures they think about sacks well Lorenzo's got that but he plays the run very well he, he does so many things so well that you know he's a complete package of that and he's a game changer he can dominate and you know you get a guy like uh like uh, Cleon Lang inside that just does a great job of being, you know, controlling a couple of guys inside. It just helps get Lorenzo up one-on-one -on -one outside. So I mean, just, he's just a, really a guy that I'm looking forward, hopefully to seeing again for this last game. But again, he as well is battling some injuries. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean, really, uh, everybody who I've talked to around the Ticats, it comes as no surprise, his success. And uh, it's really happy uh, with what he's been able to do uh, with the Red Blacks. OK, so if if the Red Blacks, they're, they're playing a win, it's a football game. But I'm sure some guys are hoping to make an impression uh, for either Coach Bob Dice or GM Sean Burke. Uh, who should you who should people be watching? in this one. What are some names that have been flying under the radar that could go out there and make a name for themselves in uh, week 21 here? Well, you know, I, from the receiving, from the receiving court perspective, they, they, the young kid that got a chance to play in the first Hamilton game uh, here in, you know, or sorry, the Montreal game was a COC Mariner. And so he's an interesting kid that's really done really well all season just at practice. So he got the opportunity to play because of Jalen's injury and he made an immediate impact. You know, he caught deep balls. He worked well underneath. So he's a kid that uh, worked with Nick Arbuckle during the off season. So they had a, a lot of time spent together throwing and catching, but this week he's got Caleb Evans and maybe Tyree Evans, but he's from the receiving core perspective. He's an interesting young guy to watch. And I think he's somebody that will be a part of the part of the plan going forward next year. And, you know, pretty much it's the same group that you're looking at, as you saw uh, down in Hamilton. Um, and uh, obviously on a D-line, if you look to Lorenzo, that's all you need to look at. If he's, <laughs> he's playing, he's the guy you want to walk at, look at. But at the other end, uh, Kenny Onyeka is an interesting story. You know, he's a, a young kid, three years in the league. This is his third year. He's at a Carleton University, a local – sorry about that – a local – uh, a local product out of Carleton University, and he has developed over these three years to where now he has his own individual pass rush moves. You know, he's he's really become a, a, a much better and more complete player. He learned so much. He, as we've talked to him individually, he learned so much from the guys around him, like Malden, you know, and, and the other people that have been here the first two years with him. So he's a guy that's moved into a starting role now at that defensive end position. And, and, you know, he's a guy that can make his presence felt. So he's an interesting character to watch at the other, at the other end from Malden. Uh, what do you think Sean Burks, other than finding a head coach, I feel like, uh, or naming a head coach, that's top priority. After that, what do you think Sean Burks to-do list is going to look like this off season? <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> no, I, seriously. I figured, yeah, it well, is you know, answer. you yeah. know, Louis, uh, you know what the CFL is now that, you know, certainly when he brought certain free agents in, he was able to sign them to multi-year contracts like Jeremiah Masoli, like Jalen Ackland, a couple of the offensive linemen. But this is a league that has the, turned into a one-year contract league. And so the general manager's work is just massive every offseason trying to, again, put the roster together, what you have last year, performances, what are you going to get this year, free agency. It's a, it's a massive undertaking, I think, by any general manager. Uh, and obviously they always are trying to get multi-year contracts, but that's Sean Burke's biggest headache is the entire roster. I mean, he's got a few key components in place, and most importantly is at quarterback. But, boy, the rest of that roster still has to be redeveloped. And you look in the secondary here in Ottawa, there's a couple of guys that are getting up in age. They're, they're, they're stalwarts here in town. Abdul Kenna, Sherrod Baltimore, mm-hmm. crowd favorites. But, you know, they're getting up in years. And so there's always that looking for the youth to come in and push the veteran. And that's, uh, you know, when you look at the secondary, it's not one that did very well in the turnover category this year. And that's something that you need. You need turnovers in this league to make things happen. I mean, so, yeah, that, that's secondary of another interesting area for us to watch how Sean Burke rebuilds it. 
Uh, I mean, not to put you on the spot here, but uh, Coach Bob Dice in the interim role, uh, it seems like the team's been rallying behind him, uh, you know, despite coming up short last week. But uh, what have you seen out of him? And and do you think that if if Sean Burke's search is, is going to start start there? Oh, I definitely think the search starts there. Uh, I, I think there has been a, a, a really definite change in what we've seen on the play on the field. Now, part of that is a slightly different play selection offensively. But just from the player's perspective, I just see a different group with a better attitude on the sidelines and on the field. So I think Bob has made a huge difference. Uh, you know, as a head coach, he's a, he's a guy that's uh, done it a little bit before. But he's a guy, you know, special teams coaches, they deal with most of the people on the roster. So a lot of the guys know and have worked with Bob Dice and they respect Bob Dice and Bob, Bob talks to people looking for their opinion. And when he gets their opinion out of players, he talks to them about how it can be implemented and if it should be, you know, it gives you an ownership, if you will, to the position you're playing. And that, that builds a trust between players and coach and, and Bob has that. And so that's why I think things have turned around, not necessarily in the win category. I mean, he's got the one win for sure. But boy, the level of play uh, is is the games have been competitive since Bob has taken over. This is this is a is certainly a changed team. Now, Jeff, I know the show is called Speaking with the Enemy, but I will admit, uh, you 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 can be an honorary friend of the show. Anyone who wins a Vanier Cup with a Tie Cats legend like Rocky DiPietro or a Hamilton <laughs> MPP like Neil Lumsden, uh, you know what? You're okay in my books. You, you, the show may be called Speaking with the Enemy, uh, but you're okay in my books. Do you think your Gigi's pull it out against Windsor this week? I do think they win this week. I definitely do. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate uh, you're a busy man, so I appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, enjoy the call. And uh, hopefully, I'm sure we'll be talking next year uh, about a revamped Red Blacks team. So thank you. Looking forward to it. Great to be on, Louis. My thanks to Jeff Avery, TSN 1200 Ottawa Red Blacks analyst, for joining me today on Speaking with the Enemy. Speaking with the Enemy brought to you by Red Tag. There's nothing like a holiday escape with redtag.ca, and this year's spaces are limited, so make sure to book in advance to secure your spot on the beach now and be merry later. See the world your way with redtag.ca. That's it for us. You can catch a brand new Speaking with the Enemy as part of Tie Cats pregame with Andy Fantuz and Bubba O'Neill. The coverage of that starts 4 o'clock right here on the Tie Cats Audio Network. I'm Louis Butko. Hope you have a great day. The Thai Cats begin the playoffs. Hopefully, you'll see us again coming down King or Main Street when it really counts. <laughs> and you'll hear it all here on the Thai Cats Audio Network.